it's a good general rule. You can look at uh, Clinton versus Dole or Bush versus Gore that the guy who appears to be having a better time generally comes mm -hmm. out ahead. And and uh, yelling about dark winters as Joe Biden is. He actually said this is an actual quote. Quote, America is dead because of COVID-19. I think all this, you know, doom and gloom actually made depressed. A lot of Democrat voters think they're going to die if they go to the poll because <laughs> Joe Biden's given the, them the impression that, you know, 30 million Americans are dead of COVID-19. Mm -hmm. uh, and you if you're a challenger, doom and gloom isn't really uh, the way to do it. Washington Post headline yesterday. That was Mark Stein from Fox, by the way, and I think he's right about that. I don't know if it'll ultimately win the day, but generally, the uh, the happy warrior wins. The everything sucks, and if you don't vote for me, things are going to suck even more. That person usually doesn't win. Huh. The grumpy John McCain, you know, the grumpy Bob Dole, the grumpy Al Gore, um, usually doesn't work. Anyway, uh, polls. Well, Washington Post headline: Biden has slight lead in Pennsylvania, Florida, a toss-up. That was huge news in yesterday's Sunday Washington oh, Post. Man, well, and as you pointed out last segment or whenever it was, polls are about ten days behind reality. So, um, you know, and I saw, so it tweeted that out, and there was some uh, belief out there that it's a, an, an attempt to uh, to get Democrats excited. Uh, or uh, they're, they're worried that Democrats are feeling too comfortable and not going to vote. Not everything is nine-dimensional chess, people. <laughs> well, right, right, exactly. Some things just happen. Some things just are. Polls tighten. And uh, and also, I don't understand how it, that could affect either side the same way. <laughs> I mean, I went from being, hey, I'm not looking forward to this election, I just I guess you just got to swallow it and move on, thinking Trump's going to lose, to thinking, hey, he might win, and I'm excited about it. I think the, the Republicans... That's because you stopped at the seventh dimension. <laughs> Republicans might be more likely to vote because it's getting tight, not, like, less likely or something. I don't, I don't understand that. So Yeah. Well, the problem with the polls is not what a lot of people think it is. Uh, it's that they have no idea what turnout's going to be. Nope. They try like crazy. They try the best scientists can do to figure out who's going to turn out. But doesn't and this... this year, it is going to crush the model. But if Trump wins, isn't that the end of polling? You just got to stop polling. Oh, that would be such a gift. It doesn't work. We could if just Trump... talk about policy. If Trump stuff. wins after all this talk, then you just got to just decide, you know, it's, it's not actually a science. Right. Like, okay. Well, you can, like alchemy is not a thing. Well, you can <laughs> or nephrology, where you feel the bumps on somebody's <laughs> yeah. head. Yeah, let's just decide it's not a thing. Right. Uh, they can certainly poll people on other things, but until the electorate settles down a little bit, yeah, it's a waste of time to poll on presidential races. Uh, it could tr it could return to being a pretty predictable science. Politics was fairly boring for a while in that the parties were fairly similar to each other. And, you know, in the last 10, uh, 15 years, they've really started to diverge. Um, uh, but back in the day, you had a pretty good idea who was going to turn out because nobody was particularly impassioned. So if you asked them, are you going to turn out? And they said, yeah, they would. Trump's rally schedule in the last couple of days. So he did four Pennsylvanias on a Saturday. Uh, yesterday, he hit Michigan, Iowa, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida. Then today, North Carolina, back to Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Michigan. Um, and then he may, and this is not usually done, uh, hit a couple of places tomorrow on voting day. Mm. For whatever reason. 
It's not at a polling place. That's illegal. And as we mentioned earlier, um, huge difference in the number of people that are going to vote in person versus uh, vote in the mail. So Biden's voters, two-thirds or more voted by mail or early voted, so they've already voted. Two-thirds or more of Trump voters plan to vote tomorrow. What's that wave going to be like? Who knows? But it is big enough, according to Face a Nation yesterday, for instance. It it's a, very easily could be big enough to swamp the polling. Yeah, yeah. Man, I hope because of the vid with all the uh, poll volunteer shortages and the rest of it, there aren't horrific lines that dissuade people from voting. Uh, Judy and I dropped off our ballots uh, early at an official drop-off Early place. Biden voters. <laughs> well, you got half of that right. Um, just I don't know what election day is going to look like. It was like some of the early voting sites that opened never go on the first day. Never go on the first day of anything. But, I mean, <laughs> they had four, five, six-hour lines, man. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't put up with that. I wouldn't either. I would never stand in line for six hours to vote. I got stuff to do. Gail, I love this country. Gail freaking but, King, who's a big deal on CBS, you know, Oprah's friend. She stood in line for two hours on Friday, she said. Really? You don't have people to, like, call you and tell you when the line's shorter and limo you over or something. You stand in line for two hours. All right. Go ahead. If you like. But she said the most common thing anybody said while she was in line was, I just want it to be over. Oh, yeah. Think that's yeah. the common sentiment? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, people are really... I could, I could be wrong, but I don't run into many people who say, you know, I'm just enjoying the heck out of this. <laughs> don't you wish we had another week? Like, my kids were disappointed Halloween was over. I'd love to hear more from the media about Trump and witness more of those stirring Joe Biden speeches. All the build-up to Halloween and everything like that when it was over there, kind of, oh, it's over now. And I don't know, we really, I just wish it wasn't over. Nobody's going to feel that way tomorrow night. Right. I wish it wasn't over. Don't you wish there was, like, another week? <laughs> I'll miss over this. Overtime. Overtime. <laughs> oh. Maybe another debate. Another scandal of some sort. Feel your soul being crushed yet? (laughs) Back to the Matt Taibbi piece in which he describes the race as a vomit milkshake, which is really, really, I mean, that's got to be the least favorite flavor. No other flavors? (laughs) Peanut butter? Chocolate? How about vanilla? Can I just get the milk? I'm you just going to get, oh, it's pre-mixed? I'm going to get a cookie. Do you have any cookies? It's pre-mixed. That's oh. all we got. It's a sick enough. <laughs> oh, to justify us talking about it this much, not that we have to by law or anything, but um, 80% of people say they are very interested in the presidential election. Wow. That's a high number. Wow. That's an extraordinarily high number, which will probably be reflected in the turnout. Yeah. And back to my thoughts, the last segment, I would like to write an editorial that could be seen by the right people because I think it's important, really important for them to know it. If Donald J. Trump gets reelected, you on the left reelected him. You and your, your, your violence and your bizarro Marxist rhetoric and your, uh, you know, uh, pitting races against each other. And the indoctrinating the kids and the lying and the condescension of the media, you got Donald Trump reelected. I just, I want them to understand that. Here's somebody who voted split ticket. We said that doesn't happen much anymore. Voted for a Republican for their senator, but uh, Biden for president. I just can't handle my husband complaining about Trump for four more years. <laughs> well, I hear That's that. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. 
I need to read to you some of uh, Matt Taibbi's piece sure. on the uh, on the race. We could take a segment off of uh, electoral stuff if you want. I've also got what's for dinner. The average couple argues this many times a year about what to order. That's a classic. See, that's classic real life stuff. Right oh, there. absolutely. How was your Halloween? Um, uh, were there many trick or treaters or people out and about? We had. I, I, you were a little bit concerned that there'd be some people like lecturing. Us, shouting out their screen doors at you. Yeah, and, uh, we didn't come across any of that. There Good. were a, quite a few homes that their lights were on, but nobody would answer. Like you don't, you don't understand how the whole Halloween thing works. Yeah, come on. Seriously. And then there was one, only one. Uh, 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 and we got my kids got more candy than they've ever gotten before. And we we walked with a big group of like fifteen kids and went from house to house. And there were more houses than we could hit in a couple hours of trick or treating. So it was great. But then there were other neighborhoods that were completely dark. But w- there was one house that had the lights on, had Halloween stuff, had a chair up there. Because a lot of places just had a like a bucket and a sign, and you sure. came and got it yourself. Yeah. Which I understand that completely. You went up there, and it said, no, uh, the sign, once you got all the way up there, said, no trick-or-treating doing, due to COVID. I thought, what kind of passive-aggressive, punishing little children BS is that? I wouldn't want to dock on the door, knock on the door, come on out here. I want to see what a coward looks like. Get you out here in the light. Oh, I see you dressed wuss. up as a coward this year for Halloween. How weak is that? Yeah. You're going to wait till little kids get up to your chair to read the sign about COVID. What is wrong with some people? They're, what's the term? A-holes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, oh my God. Yeah, I know. That's so weak. But I, Yeah, I just, you have to accept there's a certain percentage of the population that are just rotten. Well, there's a, there's a just, I, and I always want to know more about him. There was a guy, he was probably 20, late 20s, maybe 30 years old, came driving down the road. Very few cars out and about. I'm in like in a cul-de-sac sort of area. This guy's driving down the road. Seems like going pretty fast. I do my thing where I stand out in the road. I'm yeah. like, you're going to slow down or run me over. Yeah. You know, ass at. Yeah. Um, but man, he just kept coming, and I stood out of the way, and I looked at him, and he just like was oblivious to our existence. Wow. And I thought, I want to interview you. Yeah. I want to fight you, but I also would like to interview you. Interview like, him first. Are you aware it's Halloween? Yeah. Do you always drive this fast through cul-de-sacs? You don't see all these little kids everywhere. Are you aware that little kids are impulsive and might run out in the street? Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm so curious about these people that don't in any way play with the normal set of rules. Are there any questions I should have asked you that I didn't? Okay, time for the beating. <laughs> Here's where I bounce your head off the curb. <laughs> oh, for little, almost running over my children. That's well, a no, that's strong. that. I, I see that as almost the same as you. You squeezed off a couple of shots in a crowded mall. Yeah, you're driving fast through a cul-de-sac with little kids everywhere. Yeah. What the hell's wrong with people? Yeah, I know it. I know it. That's why I carry around one of those tax scripts. Throw it out into the, the road. I don't like the way somebody's driving. I'll go ahead and throw that thing Oh, yeah, down. he wasn't driving anywhere after he parked. Uh, those tires will be hard to replace. Yeah. <laughs> and then the interview slash beating. <laughs> I kid. I completely kid. Uh, of course you do. Let it go. We were having a fun night. Um, uh, text line is 415-295-KFTC. 50,000 children have vanished in Arizona. You'd think this would be a bigger headline. We will explain in moments. Armstrong and Getty Show. Panera, an 
announced that it's adding pizza to its menu, which is the kind of fun story your aunt would have posted on Facebook before their algorithms made her a white supremacist. <laughs> I thought, wow. that was, I thought that was hilarious. That is a great joke. Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought that was great. <laughs> you know, we probably ought to look into why the A&G fan page got taken down by Facebook. Facebook. It's still down? Uh, that's my understanding. Yeah, I haven't gotten an update to the contrary. On the other hand, you know, the, the volume of emails we were receiving from you fine folks has gotten completely unmanageable. So if it came over the weekend, I didn't see it. We hit 30,000 Twitter followers over the weekend. Which That's is exciting. Still a lower number than I'd like, but uh, yeah. it's humiliating. Woo-hoo. I can't believe you brought it up. It is humiliating. 50,000 students are gone from Arizona public schools and nobody's quite sure where they are or, or, or where they went. They know of a certain small percentage of those that are definitely homeschooling. Um, but the state lost 5% of its students between the end of last school year and uh, and the beginning of, of this one. So it's something to do with, um, I wasn't digging the distance learning, I'm doing something different. Right. They didn't officially check out, which I almost forgot to do too, so I can see how that would happen. Right, We're yeah, yeah. Um, kindergarten enrollment is down by 14%. It's unclear where the students have gone. Education advocates fear some school-age students are not in school at all. Huge lag in learning experience and life experience and the rest of it. Oh, yeah. I was uh, talking to a parent with a kindergartner over the walking the neighborhoods on Halloween night. I think I feel worse for kindergartners than maybe any other age. Uh, Possibly those of you who enjoyed high school your senior year is a big deal, but... um, uh, I the, feel for the college seniors, including my daughter. What a sucko final year in college. <laughs> Just miserable. But there are other things you do in college aside from class. Good point. That uh, you can uh, you can fill in the gaps. But that whole kindergarten thing that is all about, you know, it's an introduction to school that's almost entirely fun. Friends, you know, putting on little plays and skits and just, oh. Well, and you learn 20 times more about dealing with other humans sure, than sure. even the, the you know the academic yeah, stuff. We were discussing that. Not only is it just such a drag that um, what is this going to look like? I think the parent called it an S show. What kind of an S show is first grade going to be like or second grade when they're finally when they're in a school when they're, when they're in a room with kids for the first time in their lives and right. actually trying to learn something? Right. And. You're going to see enormous differences between kids from families that have the uh, the ability and enthusiasm to teach their kids, um, and and those who don't. Yeah, because school was always there to kind of even the playing field at least, and a lot of teachers will tell you the same thing. Yeah, we have a quote unquote uh, low achieving school because you should see the what the kids come with. Their parents haven't taught them the letters. You know, there's you know that sort of stuff. And school would kind of even that a little bit. There's an interesting uh, switcheroo on that, though, because that is clearly true. The old switcheroo or a new one? But there's the other side of it in that a lot of kids who come from homes where they don't value learning do have a lot more experience with um, uh, dealing with unfairness and kids that don't do things properly and uh, you know how to make that work out. Where a lot of kids that come from, you know, the uh, we're going to learn and be fair and, and share you know they don't, and you learn that in kindergarten. You get introduced to it. Mm. The uh, how do you deal with <laughs> kids that aren't behaving well? Um, and you get introduced. To that. You don't. You get don't get to work that out in kindergarten. Yeah, 
That's a skill you need. They've got that because they're living that lifestyle, but you don't. Hmm. That that that'll be a that'll be an eye opening experience. So what do you end up with? Lord of the Flies, a Piggy? I don't know. I don't know. It, it'd be tough for your first or second grade teacher, and you got all these kids that are way behind academically and socially. Oof. Oof is right. Wow. Wow. What are we doing to our kids? Just read an email from a. Uh... A lady about a half an hour ago. Giant school district. There are schools all over surrounding her, including the idiot governor of the state. Got their kids in private schools full time. Everybody's great. But her big union controlled school district, no way. No way. What's that doing to the kids? All right. I yeah. tweeted this over the weekend to our paltry 30,000 followers that um, uh, it's going to be so interesting if Biden wins to see how this school thing plays out. If all of a sudden, whole bunches of schools... Like a light switch. Yeah, like a light switch. Yeah, school's school's fine. That's okay. Yep. Uh, I'll be be fascinated by that. Yeah. Well, I've heard it more than once. Uh, It's not who could beat Trump, it's what, and we have it. It's COVID. People whisper that behind the scenes. COVID is the candidate, and we've got to up COVID's uh, profile, even though it's huge and terrible anyway, Mm -hmm. and and make it as bad as possible, and make it... That's right, Cardi. And make it sound as bad as possible. So, yeah, I think Positive Sean might be right. Yeah, there's some rough COVID statistics we probably ought to hit at some point. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In yeah, Florida, Pennsylvania, and Ohio, in the last three weeks, look how the race is closed. 4.6 for Biden uh, three weeks ago in Florida, 1.6 today in the real clear politics average. Same uh, decline almost by half in Pennsylvania. In Ohio, it's gone from 3.3 in the RCP average to tied. That would make sense if we were expecting most of the vote on Election Day. But when you get two-thirds of what happened in 2016 already banked, does that closing in the final days make as much of a difference? Well, good good question. We do think there seems to be general consensus that the early vote where those people had made up their minds, ardent Democrats and ardent Republicans. So yeah, we may have a smaller percentage of the people yet to vote, but when you have that dramatic a, a decline in, in Biden's uh, margin in some of these states, you, you, you think that what that might mean is that the people who are making up their decisions at the end are more likely to vote for Trump than they are for Biden. Well, and the question mm. is, you know, the you don't know that two-thirds of the people that are going to vote have already voted early. Uh, two-thirds of the number from 2016 have already voted, mm-hmm. but we have no idea what the turnout's going to be tomorrow. Yeah, I thought I understood polling because politics has always been kind of, you know, consistent over the last, you know, quite a few election cycles. But it's it's all about turnout. I mean, and turnout models yeah. in terms of polling. Yeah. And uh, it's just not predictable anymore, or at least not for now. Maybe well, it will return to being boring and predictable. But If it's 20%, 50% more than they were predicting was going to turn out, then the, the, po- the, the polls mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So uh, the Russian sausage king has been killed in a sauna with a crossbow. Live team coverage coming up. Can you run that by me again? The Russian sausage king has been killed in a sauna with a crossbow, which sounds like some sort of Vladimir Putin-themed game of Clue. 
<laughs> um, it was the bear in the sauna with the crossbow. Right, exactly. That's funny. Um, Do you want some sausage? Uh, who knew there was a sausage king? I also have some dark COVID stuff on the way, so Darr, stay tuned for that. Why? Stop it. I don't want to hear it. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. Fingers and ears. <sighs> the damn COVID. Anyway. The worst choice ever is the headline from Matt Taibbi's recent piece about the election. Donald Trump is a disaster, he writes. He is a liberal, Jack. But Joe Biden's party is Democratic in name only. Why, this year's election is a vomit milkshake. Ew. Would you like fries with that? My colleagues at Rolling Stone recently endorsed Joe Biden for president. Biden, and here's a quote from the Rolling Stone. Biden's lived experience and expansive empathy make him not just a good, but an outstanding candidate. This is a fight between light and darkness. Back to Matt Taibbi's words. Joe Biden is a corpse with hair plugs whose idea of empathy is to jam fingers in the sternums of people who ask the wrong questions or call them fat or full of S or dare them to try me. And that's if he remembers what state he's in. Is he a better human than Donald Trump? Probably, but his mental decline has hit Lloyd Bridges and Hot Shots levels, and he shares troubling characteristics with the president, beginning with a pathological struggle with the truth. Biden spent much of 2020 lying about everything, from his Iraq war vote to his educational history to a fantasy about being arrested in South Africa with Nelson Mandela. The same press that killed him for this behavior in the past let it all slide this time. That's right. He was run out of the race for these kind of things back in 88. Twice. Same with the growing ledger of handsy uncle incidents that had adolescent girls and campaigning politicians alike wondering why a vice president needs to smell their hair or plant lingering kisses on their heads (laughs) while cameras flash. He's done a good job of holding back the hair smelling. The mask has probably helped him with that. Yeah. Biden smell your hair through this mask. Biden's entire argument for the presidency, and it's a powerful one, is his opponent. This week's election is not a choice between light or darkness, but pretty much anything or Donald Trump. And only in that context is this disintegrating, bilious iteration of Scranton Joe even distantly credible as a choice for the world's most powerful office. What's bilious? Uh, Full of bile, angry. Oh, that makes sense. uh, Unpleasant. Uh, And then the other thing he gets into, which we've already hammered a fair amount today, um, and and I credit Matt Taibbi for his honesty uh, on this level, is the... True brutality of the left right now. These people are scary. They will hurt you. They will ruin you. They will they will damage you physically, emotionally, and and uh, and financially for not agreeing one hundred percent with doctrines they hadn't even heard of two years ago. The brand new idea is the only idea, and the idea that must be which is straight out of the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia. I actually read a really good comparison of the militant left in uh, America and and Cambodia uh, by James Lindsay. Well, no, I think he just tweeted it. He was quoting a Cambodian. um, How whatever the party says this month is the doctrine, you must agree with it and love it so much that you'll hurt or kill anybody who's against it. And think about it. When when did you start hearing about the critical race theory stuff and the equity, not equality in Black Lives Matter? What, a year, two years, maybe three years ago, if you hang around universities? But everyone must adhere to it 100% or be punished. Even though it's like, 
a lot of it's nonsense. A lot of it's plainly Marxist, and and some of it's just nasty. But you have to adhere to it. And uh, and Taibbi, like us, believes that's just dangerous. I mean, Trump may be half a dozen kinds of unpalatable, um, but this is like dangerous to the society. And and this is a vote not just about Trump; it's about that the militant left. And Taibbi knows it. Well, that's and pretty that's, interesting. That's, that's the part about, um, I want to get the phrase right, um, Joe Biden's party is Democratic in name only. And that's from a an old-timey, uh, Clinton-loving, dyed-in-the-wool uh, progressive. So, anyway. Um, he called it a vomit milkshake. So, what's your actual favorite flavor of milkshake if you're ordering one? I want a milkshake so bad. I can't even explain it. Then have one. You're a grown-up in America. I'm a man who's fighting his weight. Not only for reasons of vanity, but health. Have one. You're right. Have a good workout and have one. I'll split one with you, Joe. Then skip dinner. We're not sharing a scrot or a vid (laughs) Have a milkshake for dinner. That's a terrible idea. No. You come out ahead. I must have vegetables and, uh, you know, uh, uh, fiber. You still haven't picked a flavor. My favorite flavor of all time? Meatloaf. Ooh. <laughs> With a gravy float. <laughs> that sounds strangely delicious. What What was the place in Salina, Kansas? I can never remember. Bogies. Bogies. Uh, they had a blueberry cheesecake milkshake. That's right. Did they have 213 flavors or something like yeah. that? Yeah. And this I would, was awesome. Uh, I would pinch. I, I would pinch. I would punch your granddad in the stomach to get one of those right he now. Pinch my I'm, grandfather. That's weird. <laughs> I would commit <laughs> unspeakable acts that would keep me up for weeks with guilt and sadness to get one of those milkshakes right now. Yeah. I might sell one of my lesser used fingers <laughs> for one of those milkshakes. If we have a listener in the area, go ahead and mail Joe that milkshake. <laughs> I mean, this this finger over here, my right ring finger, I don't get much use out of it. Eh. Who needs it? Uh, I'd probably go peanut butter. I like a peanut butter milkshake. I'm not sure I've ever had one. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Although a really good chocolate milkshake, please, I'd be in hog heaven. Um, so I see Boris Johnson up on the TV. Oh. He, he announced over the weekend England's really shutting down. One one thing, because we were just talking about schools in America, one thing I'm noticing with most of these countries, they're big time, really strict shutdown. You're only allowed out an hour a day sort of stuff. They still leave the schools open. Yep. Because they consider that, well, obviously you have to leave the schools open. What are you going to not teach kids? That's crazy. Yeah, just so you understand, several European countries are going back almost to the level of the super crunch lockdown of uh, March, April, whenever it was, where you had these incredibly draconian policies. You, you come out of your house, the policeman's going to wield his baton and ask you where you're going and prove it. I mean, just one notch below that. But schools are open. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing we've done. Well, they put the kids above the, the unions uh, in Europe, apparently, Jack. It's an odd practice. Troubling. Well, they don't have the weird, wait a second, you want the schools open just because you like Trump. Or Trump going wants on. the schools open, so I'm against it. Yeah. Knee-jerk idiot that I am. I just think that's interesting because they, they're really shutting down in Great Britain. Holy cow. And they also announced that uh, old uh, Prince William had the COVID pretty bad there and kept it secret. Um, Good for him. You don't... I don't blame him. You don't need the the tabloid crap around that. 
Is I mean, he the prince who anyway. flaked or the other one? I get him mixed up. Who Harry's, cares? Harry's the one that lives in Canada with the haughty uh, actress wife. The redhead? Right? Isn't that Harry? I don't know. I don't know either. Freaking doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> The, the only royal, the only what was that show? The royals, am I right? The only royalty I care about is the sausage king of Russia, who is killed in a sauna with a crossbow. Is that next or now? I don't know. Um. Oh, you know what? That would pair nicely with the veal, <laughs> and <laughs> and I've learned more about the new Borat movie. Okay, good God, it's horrible. We also hit a, uh, hit a little on the whole COVID stuff. Uh, Dr. Gottlieb with some uh, harsh talk on Face the Nation yesterday about what December's going to look like. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Things are getting worse around the country. I think Thanksgiving is really going to be an inflection point. I think December is probably going to be our toughest month. But when you look at what's happening in states right now, you're seeing accelerating spread. Um, we're right at the beginning of what looks like exponential growth in a lot of states, the Midwest, um, the Great Lakes region, even states like Texas, where you see 6,000 cases, Illinois, 8,000 cases, Florida, 5,000 cases, Wisconsin, 5,000 cases reported Friday. These are very worrisome trends. There are about um, 23 states right now that are accelerating the spread right now. There's, the positivity rate is above 10% in 15 states, and all the states have an R above one, which means that they're an expanding epidemic right now. So this is very worrisome as we head into the winter. We need to get more, we'll talk more about this later, uh, more into the mindset of, and so what? Um, uh, we got to figure that out. Like Idaho, particularly, an uh, article in the New York Times about, they're kind of going with just a, let's let it ride. Let's let it wash over us and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we talked last week about the, the, the percentage of people that die from this has gone way down. I mean, just dramatically down. And it's everywhere. I saw that a couple different places over the weekend where it's just it's so many places now you can't even like nail down where you got it if you got it. Yeah, you know, even some of the countries in Europe, for instance, that were so dedicated to contact tracing, they've thrown up their hands. Now they say you can't contact trace anymore. Right. There's too much of it. And this is, uh, of course, because of Donald Trump's mishandling of Europe. Wait, no, that's right. It's just everywhere. Uh, the only thing that bothers me about that strategy and and I don't know, it, it may be years until we know the truth on this, is the number of people who have long, lingering, weird after effects, um, neurological, uh, physical, kidneys, etc., um, who didn't even get very sick, but it lingers in them and punishes you. It's just very that, strange that disease. Sucks, but what yeah. if it turns out, and this may be the case, there's nothing you can do about it. That may be the A case. A lot of yeah. people are going to get this. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 so difficult to know because the science keeps changing. But, you know, the counter argument is, we just, look, we just got to put up with a few more months of or, or maybe even a year of this whole lockdowny thing or to some extent. And then we'll have the vaccines and we'll be good. Mm, that's a good reason to put it off. I always forget about that. There is the chance a vaccine comes along. Yeah. So if you can put it off until a vaccine's around, then you just avoid ever getting it. And maybe one more step down the road of better therapeutics, better treatments, the rest of it. I, just, I don't know. And, and anybody who shouts certainty is an idiot on either side. I'm certain of that. Right. One third of all U.S. counties meet the definition of a hotspot now. Ooh, hello. I'm not sure what a hotspot is. Singles? <laughs> Ready to mingle? But one third of all U.S. counties are a mm. hotspot of coronavirus right now. And December is going to be the worst month yet? 
according to uh, Dr. Gottlieb. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Moving up. Hotspot, also the uh, <laughs> the uh, the opening track of the Dead Flowers' second album, One More Mile. I recommend it on all streaming services. It's excellent. Ah, uh, if I say so myself, having written it and recorded it. I actually knew a guy who was a Russian oligarch or was a high-level employee of those people. Um. Number one, he had more money than God. Um, really interesting guy, fascinating guy. But if you are swinging that way, you are the high-flying associate of the super-powerful Russian kleptocrats, the oligarchs, and you get on the wrong side of it, your life expectancy shrinks in a hurry. Yeah, it's like a Mexican cartel, similar sort of thing. Yeah. Correlation, causation. It's really tough to peg down what one has to do with the other. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like the cartels, just different language. And uh, and uh, uh, vodka instead of tequila. Tequila. So Vladimir Morogov is the name of the Russian sausage king. He has been murdered with a crossbow while reclining in a sauna with his partner. They were in an outdoor or a sauna, as uh, Marshall Phillips would pronounce it. <laughs> they were in an outdoor sauna when they were attacked, reportedly by two masked assailants. The woman managed to escape through the window, nimble little minx, and called the police. <laughs> Detectives found the body of Mr. Morogov, who owned some of Russia's largest meat processing plants, in the sauna with a crossbow next to his body. So they left the murder weapon right there. Uh, it occurred at his countryside estate. Wow, I wish I had a countryside estate. But your own estate was not uh, secure enough to keep them out. Yeah. Yep. Did they have? Did the did whoever killed him, Putin or whoever, have people on the inside? Uh, it's, like some of his own people shot him. It's not clear. According to the woman, the intruders demanded cash from the guy before fleeing in a car. Okay. Um. So it could have been a shakedown. Well, you got to have better security. Oh, you really do. I mean, you're the sausage king. Please. You know you're a target of both, uh, you know, thieves and, and the hungry. Uh, he was the and owner. Probably heart disease. He was the owner of uh, the Ozyarsky, uh sausage factories and the Meat Empire sausage factories. You know who ends up in Russian sausage? Doctors who say bad news about COVID. Uh, what are you going to do? They fell out of the window. They're dead. <laughs> so you put them in the sausage empire's finest or i'm sorry meat empire people who try to run for election against putin end up in the sausage yeah yeah no kidding uh oh that's right i I said this would pair nicely with it uh the the new borat movie is out i saw the first one i thought it was hilariously funny the the problem with it and it becomes really clear in this story is uh sasha baron cohen who, who i believe is a sincere person he is a liberal and he really looks down on uh, average Americans, the American heartland. He imagines, just like the Manhattan media, he imagines that all of us, all of you, are, are terrible bigots and idiots, ignorant, with your stupid Christianity and your stupid love of country. And he puts really nice people in impossible positions where they're trying not to offend some insane foreigner they've just run into, and they're not sure what to do. And then he gives them cues what they ought to do and then condemns them for it. I just, it's unfair. Uh, but anyway, 
Uh, he is. Uh, he and his people have paid a hundred thousand dollars to the church of a woman who unwittingly starred in the new Borat movie. She was told it was part of a documentary, um, low budget documentary, not realizing it was a big budget, you know, uh, comedy film. How much time do we have, Michael? Uh, you got a minute twenty. Oh, okay, we can do this. So this woman, sixty-two year old Janice Jones, she's a, a faithful church member of uh, Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church in Oklahoma City, and the the producers were selling them on the idea of the church that they need a babysitter, and so she said, "I'll babysit this fifteen year old daughter of Borat." Allegedly, Borat's trying to sell her off as a wacky foreigner. She's introduced wearing a ball and chain and using a dog's water bowl. Jones, a mother of three and grandmother of six, didn't know what to do. She was trying to be kind to the girl, didn't know what's going on. She told me she was being groomed to be Donald Trump's mistress if she didn't find another rich husband. She had to find a rich husband to save her father. So anyway, they they misled and humiliated this poor old lady into, quote-unquote, babysitting this teenage girl. And she protested rather strongly that she'd been uh, uh, misled. So uh, Borat has donated $100,000 to the church to quiet things. And actually, inevitably, what happens? A GoFundMe page got started, and this woman now has 160 ger. <laughs> so she'll be fine. Is it going to be Bush Gore all over again with the Supreme Court stealing it? Stay tuned. Oh, stop it. Armstrong and Getty.